Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with a live mailbag episode as we always do every Tuesday. And this goes out on our audio side on Wednesday, so if you're listening live on the Locker Room app, that's fantastic. I look forward to talking to you at some point during this show. Now, if you're not on the Locker Room app, let's say you're not an iOS user because the Locker Room app is only for iOS users, it is 100% free. I mean, doesn't cost you a dime. And on top of being free, you also have the situation where the accounts are free. All you got to do is go get a free account. Follow me at jhartman underscore P-I-T. That's jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Follow me on Locker Room every Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I go live to make sure that we can talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And There's a lot to talk about heading into this upcoming month, the month of April. It's the first live Locker Room show since the month of April, and we have a lot coming up, especially the NFL draft at the end of the month. We have our first guest, Miss Pam Hartman. Yes. Go ahead, Pam. How are you? Hey, Jeff. Love the show. Love listening to you. (laughs) Um, I do have a question, actually, because everyone is talking about Ben, Ben this, Ben that. Ben's the franchise quarterback, and I'm really concerned that uh, they're – I know that they have a lot to like replace in terms of the line, in terms of cornerback, in terms of running back, certainly. But I'm really concerned about the long-term effect of not having really 
uh, a quarterback that's going to come in and replace him because I'm not really sure that Mason Rudolph is the person to do that. Yeah, that's that's a common concern, I feel like, amongst the Steelers fan base. You have a situation where you know that Ben Roethlisberger only has a year, maybe two, maybe three. I don't know. That's the thing. A lot of people believe that he's not just going to play one year and be done. The Steelers might want that. I'm not sure why if he's still playing at a high level. But I think the Steelers might be taking a an approach that is literally, we're just going to take it year by year. And they have voidable years in his contract, so they can keep him within the organization. And that it, it's part of that type of structured contract that they gave him when they get, redid the contract. But no, you're right that the Steelers don't have any escape plan, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. They have no plan in place other than, is Mason Rudolph potentially a guy? A guy. I'm not going to say the guy, but a guy. Dwayne Haskins is a wild card. No. The Steelers are basically all in right now to try to win with Ben Roethlisberger. And for those that are curious, yes, that was my mother. So if you're listening live in locker room, you can uh, chime in. Just put in a speaker request. We will be bouncing back and forth between the locker room um, people that are listening live and the live call-ins, as well as the Twitter mailbag. My ride-or-die crew did a great job getting me some Twitter questions today, some really in-depth questions. And I, before we get to all that, and again, put in a speaker request if you're live in the locker room. We'll be glad to get you on. I want to talk about the headline and the title of this podcast, which is, the ripple effect of these pre-draft trades. And everyone knows that on Monday was the day that the Carolina Panthers, I would say it's a blockbuster trade. They traded to, uh, they traded Sam Darnold, uh, they traded for Sam Darnold, I'm sorry. And they sent a slew of picks to the New York Jets for, for Sam Darnold. And I know a lot of Steeler fans were actually pretty high on Sam Darnold. They were interested in potentially bringing him in. Um, I'm just not so sure if he was the answer. Anyways, we'll get that out of the way. But the thing is, and the people need to remember about these types of pre-draft trades, and we've already seen the the 49ers make trades, the Miami Dolphins have been involved in trades. There's a ripple effect with these things. And and so you now all of a sudden all of a sudden have the Carolina Panthers. And my question is, even though the Carolina Panthers, that there's really no correlation with the Steelers, it does impact the Steelers because they picked before Pittsburgh. So the Carolina Panthers... Are they still going to be looking for a quarterback? Because this is a team that everyone assumed was going to be looking for one of the top five quarterbacks in this upcoming NFL draft class. And so when you have a situation where now all of a sudden they go and make a trade, and I'd say it's a pretty big trade, they go and they make a trade to get Sam Darnold, and now what? Are they still going to try to get a quarterback? Are they going to go in a different direction? We don't know. But let's say they forego the quarterback. They are happy with Darnold. What does that mean for the rest of the draft group? Well, that means that they're going to pick from another crop of players. And when they pick from another crop of players, whether it's an offensive tackle, whether it's a linebacker, a cornerback, uh, the list goes on and on. That's one other player that would be off the board. But the ripple effect goes all the way back down to the uh, com- the total end of the of the first round with a 30-second pick with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You just don't have the same players available that you thought. So I guarantee you that NFL teams that are putting their big boards together, and this happens in the month of April as they prep for the NFL draft, they're putting their big boards together, they're running scenarios, they're running, they're doing everything they can to get as educated and to just go through, okay, what if this happens? If they take this player and this player is still available, what are we going to do? Always trying to be prepared. That's exactly what this is. But there's a ripple effect in all of these trades. 
my question, and I don't have the answer for this, is are we done seeing these trades? Are we going to see more trades? Are we going to see someone that's not in the top 10 jump into the top 10 before the draft to try and get a specific prospect? That's going to be fun to watch, and that's a, a large part of the intrigue of the NFL draft. And one of the reasons why, in my opinion, the NFL draft for a three-day event is one of the most exciting events, especially the first two days, rounds one through three, because when you have those trades, it's it's just really exciting because you just don't know. I always hated, I think back to the draft class, and I wish I knew the year off the top of my head, when it was Andrew Luck went number one overall to the Colts, RG3, Robert Griffin III went to the Washington Redskins. Yes, they were the Redskins at the time. And everyone knew those picks. I felt like it was a week before the draft, and it really just took a lot of the took a lot of the, the gusto out of the event. But still, I know that a lot of people want to talk about the NFL draft, and if you're watching live or listening live on Locker Room, put in a speaker request. I'd be glad to have you on to talk some Steelers football. In the meantime, let's go over to the Twitter mailbag. Ben, he says, What next big free agent signing do you think the Steelers will slash should make? Also, who's your favorite player in this draft class that they actually have a possibility of drafting and he writes in any position. Or if they draft a punter, that'll be your favorite player. And he used the hashtag ride or die crew and then hashtag kick rocks Barry. He knows I'm not a fan of Jordan Barry. That's what he's referring to. Uh, so let's start things off with the first part. What next big free agent signing do you think the Steelers will or should make? When you say big free agent signing, I don't think the Steelers are going to make any big free agent signing. I don't see them bringing in someone like Richard Sherman. I don't see them going out and getting anyone that's going to be extremely expensive. I'll tell you a player who I would love to see them retain, I guess, you want to put it that way, and that's Avery Williamson. I think that the Steelers, because the longer he's out there on the market, and they might wait until after the May deadline where it wouldn't count against the compensatory pick, I'd love to see them bring him back. You lose Vince Williams. Avery Williamson, in my opinion, is a younger version of Vince Williams. And so if you can bring him back on the cheap, doesn't cost you a lot of money. You're adding experience. You're adding value to your inside linebacker depth. I was very vocal that I wanted the Steelers to try their best to keep LJ Fort. Trying to keep him. And honestly, he signed back with the Ravens for a one-year deal. I was kind of upset about that. But still, if they could get Avery Williams, and that's one name to keep an eye on. Now, the second part of Ben's question was, who's your favorite player in this draft class that they actually have a possibility of getting? Any position. There's a lot of positions I think the Steelers are looking at and trying to figure out where they want to go. Uh, one would be offensive tackle. And I swear, this I, I had just started, uh, actually on Tuesday, I started my breakdowns of offensive tackles for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And by the way, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. And so still, I started looking at these offensive tackles, and I tell you what, it was a situation where you have all these players that you're looking at, and, and there's really not much that differentiates every, everyone from the other. It's a situation where I did a breakdown on Christian Derisaw from Virginia Tech, and I said, if, if he's there at 24, would the Steelers take him? And all the comments were just, oh, my gosh, yes, of course, but he'll never get to 24. But then there's people that say that there's other tackles that are better for better than him and that he might be available. That's the one thing I hate about this NFL draft is that everyone thinks they're an expert. I might be the only one 
that knows that I'm not an expert and I admit that I'm not an expert and I just, I, I trust what other people say in certain situations, but in terms of my favorite player in this draft class, I've got to say it's between Zaven Collins because he's just a, he's a lot of fun to watch. I think he'd be a great addition to the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. But the one guy that I like the most is probably Javante Williams running back out of North Carolina. He reminds me of just like a baby bus, a little Jerome Bettis. He's, he runs hard. He is tough to bring down. He catches the ball well out of the backfield. He just seems like he would look great in black and gold. He would look great in black and gold. So there you have that. So that's my favorite player in the upcoming draft. All right. Now let's talk about a question from Aaron. He asked with Darnold going to Carolina, can we make the Steelers make a move for Teddy Bridgewater? Uh, You know what, Aaron? I mean, you look at the numbers right now. The numbers that the Steelers have in terms of salary cap space, it's estimated that they're just shy. uh, They're just a little over $11 million in space, and that's after the Tyson Alawala deal. That's just not enough. And you got to remember, they're going to need to carry in to the season probably about 12, anywhere from 12 to 15 million dollars. That's in case a player gets hurt, goes on injured reserve. You're going to need that player to be paid still. You need to pay your rookies. You need to pay your practice squad players. I just don't think they're going to be able to afford Teddy Bridgewater, nor do I think the Panthers are going to part ways with Teddy Bridgewater unless it's a trade. Why? Because when you look at Teddy Bridgewater, he's an insurance policy. If they like Sam Darnold enough to start him, then I think that absolutely they would be wanting to keep Teddy Bridgewater because if they can keep Teddy Bridgewater, if if Darnold doesn't play well, they have him as a backup. We have our next guest here, and we have Howard. What's up, Howard? How's it going? Uh, Pretty good. How about yourself? Can't complain, man. You want to talk about the Steelers? Oh, absolutely. Diehard Steelers fan. Been a Steelers fan for a long time. Um, right now, right now, as a Steelers fan, thinking about hearing you talk about the Teddy Bridgewater thing is we do need to find a true backup as a Steelers fan because, unfortunately, I don't think Mason Rudolph will be the guy. I don't think Joshua Dobbs will be the guy. Teddy Bridgewater can be a guy, but he's a huge cap hit. And in all honesty, I thought the Steelers were going to try to make a run at Sam Darnold. Even though they already got Haskins, they, I still think they could have gotten Darnold. But hopefully they can develop Haskins. Haskins can probably get that reality check that he needs to get right mentally. But right now, it's just we need. we honestly do need to find the air for the replacement for Ben Roethlisberger. You're right, Howard. They do, and I appreciate you stepping up and talking. I appreciate it. Um, the 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 heir apparent for Ben Roethlisberger is going to be, in my opinion, the toughest task for the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. Whether it's Kevin Colbert as GM, whether Omar Khan takes over eventually, if Mike Tomlin's still the head coach, because of this main factor. If you go back to 2003. The year before, the Pittsburgh Steelers selected Ben Roethlisberger in the 2004 draft out of Miami of Ohio with the 11th overall pick. That 2003 season, they finished 6-10. They were awful. It was the worst years of the Tommy Maddox era, Tommy Gunn offense. And it was because of that dreadful year that they got that 11th overall pick. I ask myself, when you look at the roster that they have right now, 
And that defense that's still really good with TJ Watt and Cam Hayward and Stefan too at Minka Fitzpatrick, I could go on, but I don't have to. I just don't see them being that bad that they're ever going to get that high of a draft pick. So what do they have to do? You have options. You either have to trade up, and that's a lot. That is a lot. You, to go up to get a top-tier quarterback. Now, I, I'm, I'm not saying I believe in all the mocks, the mock draft stuff. This is a really good quarterback class, though. Five really good quarterbacks that are considered top-tier. And I, it's a little questionable for me because Mac Jones out of Alabama, I'm not sure if I put him as a top-tier. Some people do. I'm not one of them. Nonetheless, I look at this and say that you, you bring up, Howard, I see that you wrote in the comments that we traded up for Devin Bush, which is true. I just think that what they'd have to give up to move up that far is going to be a lot steeper. They moved up 10 spots. They moved from 20 to 10 to get Devin Bush out of Michigan in 2018. If they're at 24 or they're typically going to be in that lower 20 area, <clears throat> excuse me, it's going to be tough for them to trade all the way up into the top 10. Those are valuable draft picks. I'm not saying they can't or won't, but that's the type of stuff they're going to have to do just because I don't see them being that bad that they're going to lose enough games that they're going to find themselves in a position to draft a top-tier quarterback. The only other option that they have, and I think that they're looking through this right now, is do they have something in Dwayne Haskins? That's as low risk as it gets. I mean, as low risk as it gets. They owe him at the most $850,000 in 2021. And so, if, if thankfully, and I say this you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek, thankfully the Steelers play four preseason games this year, even with the extension they're in the Hall of Fame game. So they're going to have a regular full four-game preseason. That's going to give a, a really good look at what do they have in Mason Rudolph, what do they have in Dwayne Haskins, and if they pick up another quarterback. There's a lot of people talking about Jamie Newman, about Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M, the potential quarterbacks they could take in the – I've heard Kyle Trask is, and you know, we're talking second, third, or, or fourth rounds. I'm not interested in those guys because I feel like we already have one of those quarterbacks in Mason Rudolph. I feel like if the Steelers are going to be aggressive, they got to move up. I don't see it happening this year. You ask in the comments, is Mac Jones really top tier? I don't think so. I really don't think that Mac Jones is top tier. There might he might be a great system quarterback. That's a rumor that the San Francisco 49ers think that he would fit their system perfectly. I'm just not big on him as a prospect. I, I love Trey. Um, oh, my goodness, I forget his name. Uh, Trey Lance from North Dakota State. I think he's going to be a really good player. He's going to need some time to grow, but he's going to be a really good player. I also think about you know some of the other quarterbacks. We, we know how good Trevor Lawrence is and Wilson out of BYU and Fields out of Ohio State. It's a really good class, so I just wouldn't put Mac Jones. But, Howard, thanks for – Stepping up and talking to anyone else that wants to talk, just go ahead and put in a speaker request. Be glad to have you on if you have a question or comment. Uh, actually, let's that's fine. Let's let's take a quick break uh, for those that are on the audio side, listening to the audio side of this recording on Wednesday. When we come back, we're going to be talking about a lot of different stuff in regards to the Pittsburgh Steelers, whether it's Sam Darnold related in the trade or more draft talk. We'll be right back. Did not see. 
We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment. This live locker room app mailbag on Tuesday. I appreciate all of everyone that's been joining us so far in the locker room. Remember, it's an iOS app only, but I wanted to let you all know. I've had a lot of people that listen to my podcast every Monday, Wednesday, Friday as a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and they all ask the same thing. When is it going to be out to Android users? So I put in a message to my contact with the locker room people, and they said it is in the works. Now, I'm an optimistic guy. I hear that and say it's coming soon. And that doesn't really mean much. <laughs> it could also mean that it's still months down the road. But still, nonetheless, for those that are joining me, if you want to speak and talk about the Steelers, just put in a speaker request. I'd be glad to have you on and talk about anything black and gold related. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. The NFL draft is on the horizon. Let's get back into the Twitter mailbag. Uh, Paul says, not Steelers related, but what is your opinion on the Darnold trade? Do you believe he can ball out in Carolina? Hashtag ride or die crew. So honestly, the Darnold trade I thought was pretty, I thought it was pretty even. You know, I think Carolina's going to have to pick up the bill on Darnold, and if they like him enough, they're going to have to pay his fifth-year option. I think that uh, the Jets got some good draft picks for him. I thought, I actually thought that they got, <laughs> the Jets got more than I would have given up for Darnold, to be completely honest with you. So, yeah, I, I thought it was a good deal for both teams. I think that Sam Darnold is a player that still has some good football in him. You can't, you can't look at Darnold and say that you've seen enough. Because you've never seen him with a good team. And so if you put him behind a decent offensive line, you put him with some good receivers, you put him with just a good coaching staff and a good environment, maybe he'll pan out. We'll see. Time will tell. All right, next question from the Twitter mailbag, Brian Haynes. He's a longtime listener, Ride or Die Crew member. He uses the hashtag Ride or Die Crew. He says, difficult question. You're able to only pick one of these. <laughs> Jeez, Brian, let me ask him football questions. The Green Mile or Shawshank Redemption? Here's a, a, a little hit, tidbit for me, Brian. I've never seen the Green Mile. Um, and so for me, I, I, I'm going to go with Shawshank Redemption. Next question, Lori. Uh, she says, in your opinion, what position would be a mistake to draft in the first round? That's a great question, Lori. In my opinion, what position? Notice she didn't say what uh she didn't say what player position would be a mistake okay so i'm thinking about this and off the top of my head the first position that comes to mind and a lot of fans would disagree with but i think center center would be a mistake in my opinion and it's not because there aren't centers that are good but she asked in the first round i don't think the steelers need to spend a first round pick the 24th overall pick on a center whether it's Creed Humphrey, whether it's Landon Dickerson, the kid from Georgia, I could go on. I just think that all of those players should be available in the second round, some even in the third. And so with that being said, I look at this and say that if someone else takes a flyer on what's, let's say it's Creed Humphrey, okay, from Oklahoma. And if someone takes a flyer on Humphrey in the, from the first round, then they're reaching. And I feel like the Steelers would be reaching if they did the same thing. So my position that I would view as a mistake for the Steelers to draft in the first round 
would be center. And the main reason why is I think they can still get a quality player in the second or third rounds. Any other position, I really can't think of one that would be a mistake. You know, because if you think about quarterback, okay, if they take a quarterback in the first round at 24, someone fell to them. They're not going to take a flyer on Kyle Trask out of Florida in the first round. They're just not going to do that. Uh, at the same time, but if you look at running backs, I'm not going to be upset if they take a running back. I don't think that's a mistake, but that's a great question, Lori. Very good. Amendez writes, hypothetically, the Steelers' top choices at linebacker, running back, and offensive line are gone at number 24. So this, this, in this situation, all the linebackers that we're talking about, Bolton from Missouri, we're talking about, um, you know, uh, shoot, the Zayvon Collins running backs are gone. Offensive line, they're all gone. I don't think that there's any way it's going to happen. But still, if they're all gone at 24, is there any, any chance they attempt to trade back into the second round and pick up another high draft pick? So here's what I'm going to say about that. A lot of fans like to say, why don't they just trade back? Like They make it sound like it's just so simple. What The Steelers, if, they, if their guy's not there, just trade back. Well, here's a couple things to keep in mind. And I got to tip my Captain Michael back, our deputy editor. He talked about this on his live mic podcast Tuesday morning. For the first part, the Steelers haven't, haven't traded back since I believe 2001. Maybe I, I, it's when they drafted Casey Hampton. They, they traded back three spots and still got Casey Hampton out of Texas in the first round. That's the last time they traded back. They've traded up. That's the last time they traded back. So keep that in mind, number one. Second thing, I look at this and say, you have to have someone that wants to come up. And if you're going to get a phone call from someone, and I don't know, maybe it's the New England Patriots. Maybe it's someone that's trying to get back into the first round like the Miami Dolphins. If you have a situation where... The a team's trying to trade up. You're giving up not just your first-round pick. You're giving up your fifth-year option. That's important. I can't stress that enough how important that is for an NFL organization to understand that if, if you were to take any player at any position in the first round, you're guaranteed to have that fifth-year option where you retain that player's rights for a fifth year. It does come at a cost, but still you have their rights for a fifth year. You trade back and get two second-round picks, you have no fifth-year option. That's a big deal. That's a really big deal, so keep that in mind. Um, oh, my gosh, we had a Ravens fan in here for a second. Thankfully, he's gone. If you're watching or listening live in Locker Room and you'd like to talk, put in a speaker request. I'd be glad to have you on to talk about the black and gold. I don't like just talking to myself. If I, if I can get some people on here to talk, that would be fantastic. We'll go back into the Twitter mailbag, though, until we get someone to want to talk on Locker Room. Here we go, Brian Haynes. He says, this is not a movie question, if you could choose one player, no quarterback or running back, and not on round one. For the Steelers to draft, who would it be? So no quarterbacks, no running backs. One player that I could choose for the Steelers to draft, who would it be? That's a good question as well. So one player. Huh. I'm going to have to go with a linebacker since you didn't say no linebackers. So quarterback, running back. I I think Zaven Collins would be a uh, a really good i'm not going to say transcendent but he would really elevate the defense he would really be a good boost to the defense and a lot of people are thinking would probably think that you know i know howard he's in the chat right now saying the offensive line i get that too i really do get that that the offensive line would be a huge boost whether it's a tackle 
Um, even if it's someone like Darisaw that I mentioned earlier from Virginia Tech. Uh, you have Slater from Northwestern. That's really good tackles. I'm not crazy about the interior defense, offensive line early. Maybe Wyatt from Ohio State. I still don't think that he's a first-round guy. He could be there in the second. But still, I would probably say if you go to the defensive side, maybe if Bolton's there, if you really like his skill set, he didn't test well at the, at the pro day. But still, he's a thumper. He hits. I, I think he would play really well next to Devin Bush, and you put him in there with a Robert Spillane. You put him in there with Devin Bush. Boy, would that be a dynamic rotation that they would be able to utilize. All right, Zibs asks, say that Collins and Parsons are off the board. So Zayvon Collins, Parsons from Ohio State are off the board. Which other inside linebacker would you like to steal your draft? I just talked about him. I just talked about him. That would be probably Bolton out of, uh, I think it's Missouri. He's a, he, like I said, he's a hitter. He's a hitter. Now, some people would say it's the, I would love to try to pronounce this guy's name, but I would I know I would butcher it, the Notre Dame inside linebacker. But I don't think that the Notre Dame linebacker, he can play both inside and outside, J-O-C, as they call him. I just can't pronounce his name properly. I don't want to butcher it. He is a He's a lot like Devin Bush. You don't want two Devin Bushes next to one another on the inside of a defense. You want someone else that's a little bit more like a Vince Williams, that's bigger, can take on blockers, really good in run support. And that's one of the reasons why I said I'd be 100% fine with the Steelers. If they had to wait a little bit, that's fine. Resigning Avery Williamson. I think that if they resign Avery Williamson, it would be a huge get for the defense. It would really help alleviate some of the pressure on, let's say, a younger linebacker that's coming into the team and the organization. I can't stress that enough. If they were to get someone like Avery Williamson, I think that would be a big Big addition. So that's who I would say, though, is probably Bolton at linebacker. Uh, Brian Haynes, again, says, what's a better fit, Harris or Collins? So now he's talking about in this, he's talking about Najee Harris, the running back out of Alabama, or Zayvon Collins, the linebacker out of Tulsa that we've mentioned several times so far this show. So who's the better fit for the Steelers? I honestly think that Najee Harris could fit on almost every single NFL roster. When it comes to fit, he runs the ball well inside. He runs the ball well outside. He has good hands out of the backfield. He is good in pass protection. He really is in everything. The, he's everything you need in a back. He's an all. all he's not going to have to come out the off the you know field a lot. The only downside side of Najee Harris that a lot of people mention is he has a lot of carries on his body. So when it comes to tread on the tires, his tread's a lot lower than someone like Javante Williams out of North Carolina. But he would be a great fit for the Steelers. Zayvon Collins, the Steelers' defense would be able to utilize his skill set as a rookie, and he'd be able to make an impact just as well. And I think that he would be a tremendous addition. Now, the question that you asked was, what's a better fit? To me, I think that Zayvon Collins with Devin Bush is something the Steelers have not had. And so for that reason, I'm going to say that the better fit would actually be Harris. He would fit into, whether it's Matt Canada's system, any system, He's that good of a running back. He's not my favorite running back, but I think he is a really, really good running back. And absolutely, he's the type of guy that could be your running back for the next five, six, seven, eight, nine, even ten years if you feel like he's worth that contract. You know that he, what they're going to ask, but still, I, and there's a lot of fans out there, and I'll just say this right off the bat, that really don't want the Steelers to take a running back. They're afraid of a lot of different things. They're afraid of the second contract. They're afraid of injuries or things like that. If they have a, a player 
a running back that is available, and they think that player can improve their running game, can improve their offense, and can improve their overall team and their chances of winning, then you make that move. Then you make that move. That's all you have to say. Just like if there's a linebacker there that's going to improve the defense and make the team better and give them a better chance to win, you make that move and you make that pick. Fans get so enamored with wanting specific players, specific positions, when in reality, if you're someone that touts best player available, then you need to understand that that could come in a variety of positions. Don't give me the best player available by position stuff. I don't buy that for a second. You're either you're a positional drafter or you're a best player available drafter. And that means that if you're a positional drafter, you're doing exactly what they did when they drafted Artie Burns. Oh, William Jackson got picked, the, the pick before we did. Uh, who's next on the board? Uh, Artie Burns from Miami. Yeah, let's go with that. That's what happens when you were drafting from a positional standpoint. Best player available, you're looking at, okay, who's the number one player that's still on our board? Doesn't matter about the position. Oh, it's that guy, offensive lineman from Oklahoma. Then that's our guy. That's the difference. So fans, I, we get it. I get it. We're fans. We want the best for the Steelers. We want the Steelers to succeed. When it comes to the draft, though, we also need to remember we are not experts. We are laymen, just like everyone else. That doesn't mean we can't talk about it. My gosh, that's what I want to do. I want to talk about it. I want to get your thoughts on it. I want to get your feedback on articles that we write at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I want you to listen to my podcast. You can listen to that wherever you get podcasts. Just search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing on our audio side. But at the same time, let's also remember, let's kind of keep it in perspective, so to speak. Keep it in perspective in regards to when the NFL draft is coming up. And I know it's exciting. I know that fans get super pumped up because the Steelers typically don't make moves in free agency. They rely on the draft. Let's get Howard back on. He wants to talk. I want to hear what he has to say. Go ahead, Howard. What's up? Man, what's up, man? The whole thing... I'm not, I'm not going to lie. You kind of struck a nerve with the – and a lot of Steelers <laughs> fans have struck a nerve with the we don't need to draft a running back. But I think they're still scoring from the Le'Veon Bell situation. That's, That's a good point. Right. The thing is, we need a running game, and we need a consistent running game all season. James – I mean, yeah, James Conner, he only was good for half the season until we fell apart in 2018. It was 2018 we fell apart. And then he was non-existent. Our run game period was non-existent. Somehow we went 11-0 and with basically no run game. With no run game. So yeah. I, feel like, I feel like it is complete nonsense to say we don't need to draft a running back. We do need to draft a running back. Maybe not in the first or second round. If we get lucky and we get a decent running back in the third round, okay. I mean, wasn't Le'Veon Bell a late-round pick? Second round. He was a second round pick out of Michigan State. Yeah. Second round pick. So basically, and plus, if we draft a running back, everybody's going to say, well, the running back position is obsolete, this, that, and the other. But this year, last year really proved that we do need a running game, period. Because, I agree, Howard. Because Big Ben cannot throw the football 54 times a game. It's <laughs> at his age. Now he you're right. Throw 54 times a game at his age. So. We need offensive line because our offensive line is getting old. Simple and plain, they're getting old. That's also why I say offensive line. But we need to draft a running back. 
I agree, Howard. Thanks for stepping up and talking. I appreciate it. Look, the running game is a situation that's very delicate. You do need a running back. You do need a back that can make something out of nothing. But you also need an offensive line that is going to be able to open up holes. You need an offensive line that's willing to – that's a little bit more physical than the one that they built for Le'Veon Bell. I still – I will go to my grave saying that the offensive line of 2020, 2019, and 2018 was built specifically for Le'Veon Bell. His skill set was so unique. His patience, his, his hesitation, and then finding his vision was so good. He f- was able to find the hole, hit it hard, and then break some big runs. And so the offensive line was very – I'm not – delicate's the wrong word. That comes off really wrong. But they, they, were ve- they were a finesse line. They were not the overpowering pancake blocks, downhill maulers that the Steelers are known for. And so when you lose Le'Veon Bell, you lose that hesitation, you lose that vision, you lose that patience, and now all of a sudden you have a slasher like James Conner. He's one cut downhill, I'm going. It's not there. How many times did we see James Conner make a cut, there was a hole, but he didn't wait, and he ran right into the back of someone like David DeCastro or Alejandro Villanueva or Ramon Foster. It happened all the time. So now the Steelers under Matt Canada have the task, and it's not an easy task, of transitioning from an offensive line that was built to block for one back, now moving into an offensive line that's built into a new scheme, a new style. The Steelers have to commit to Matt Canada and his system. They have to give it time. I think the offensive line needs to be addressed. I also think that the running back position needs to be addressed. I would absolutely love it. I mean, love it. If they could get an offensive lineman in the first round, maybe it's a tackle. I really don't think a center should be picked in the first round. And then in the second round, if Javante Williams of North Carolina is still there, if they get that player, and so if they go O-line one or running back in two, I am going to be beyond giddy. I think it's going to be, it would be a phenomenal step forward for the Steelers, and they would be able to really improve their running game in 2021. But I want to say one more thing about this. Everyone's talking about offensive line. Let's not discount the fact that the Steelers are a tremendous team and organization at developing offensive line talent. Think about some of the late or undrafted players that have become either very valuable free agent acquisitions elsewhere or have gotten paid handsomely somewhere. Like Matt Filer, undrafted. Ramon Foster, he was undrafted out of Tennessee. B.J. Finney was undrafted out of Kansas State. Uh, Kelvin Beecham, seventh-round draft pick. You have these players... (laughs) Alejandro Villanueva served in our country, and then, oh my gosh, he was a defensive lineman for the Eagles, comes to Pittsburgh, they turn him into a starting left tackle. I know he's a free agent still, but still, think about that. The Steelers are known for taking some players that would be like on the scrap heap on the offensive line and turning them into significant pieces of the puzzle. We'll put it that way. Um Josh Allen in the in the chat says thoughts on trading a mid to late round pick for Rojo. I'm not so sure. I like the Steelers running back core, even without Connor right now, but they need that one guy. And I just don't know if that's their guy. Uh, for me, I would look at again, if I can get Javante Williams, he's one of my favorite players in the draft. I think that absolutely, absolutely I would love to have him. I think they would really and Anthony McFarland, people are forgetting about him. I think he could be really good in Matt Canada's system. He played with him at Maryland. He can be dynamic when he's healthy. He wasn't healthy his senior season. I think that after a year under his belt, he could be a really good third down back. The guy, I don't know what they're going to do with is Benny Snell. I don't know what they're going to do with Benny Snell. 
Jim says no middle linebacker, edge cornerback uh, in the first round. So you don't want middle linebacker, edge cornerback in the first round at all. I say that if, if middle linebacker is the best player available, take it. Because the Steelers' defense, if there's a weak link there, it's in their run defense. They ranked 13th in the NFL last season. They gave up 112.4 yards per game last year on the ground. Other than that, they were elite. But if you can get that 13th rank and you can get it to 7th, 6th, my gosh, think about how good the defense could be. And that inside linebacker position without Vince Williams is going to need to be addressed, whether it's with someone like Avery Williamson or whether it's with a draft pick, I'm not sure. But you know what? It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I thank everyone that joined me live on Locker Room for this little chat. Make sure you join me next Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time for another one of these chats. I've got to mention that we, myself included, are part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which is a part of SB Nation, which is a part of Vox Media. Make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for everything that you would ever need for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it's the best site, fan-driven site on the internet. And wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe so you listen to my Let's Ride podcast every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, as well as all of our other podcasts. We give you multiple podcasts a day. It's really a great uh, platform. Jim says, that's not what I meant. I don't want offensive tackle. I get it. I get it. He doesn't want offensive tackle. There's a lot of good tackles, though. There's a lot of good tackles out there. So thank you all for joining me live on Locker Room. I will see you all on Friday for another Let's Ride podcast. In the meantime, as we always finish it out, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Take it easy. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.